Welcome to the Shallow Dive on Koheles, the book of Ecclesiastes. Join us as we explore the treasures gathered by King Solomon. I hope you enjoy it. Zayin Yerches, Tov Asher Techoz Bazeh. It would be good or better to grab on to this. Begamizan also from this. Take from this and this. Al Tanach Es Yodecha. Do not stay your hand. Do not hold back. Ki Elohim Yetze Es Kulam. For one who fears God will. Fulfill them all, or will uh, come out of them all. Let's see the tagum. Tav de is achid be iske almo hadain. It's good to join together in the toils of this world. Ligmo tova lenafshach to give good to your soul. Ve'orach tagraya in the way of trading. A merchant so have to be involved in business. Ve'af midain sefaraisa and also from this, the book of the Torah. Lo sishbok chulka, chulkach. Do not forsake your portion. Arum, gevar dochil min kalabadonai. For a man who has fear before God, nefakias di chovas kulhun. Will have fulfilled the obligation of them all. So if the person has underlying fear of God, he will find the appropriate balance of engagement in business, whatever he needs to do to sustain himself in this world, and making sure that he has his lot in the Torah. This is a conflict between various things a person has to do. And the fear of God will help a person fulfill them both. Let's see Rashi. Tova shetechos bazeh achos b'tzedek uveresha. Grab on to righteousness and wickedness. Im amalecha hanavi hatzadik dovar shu domalecha leresha. If the righteous prophet tells you something that appears to your sensibilities to be wicked. Kegon, for example, Sha'amar Shmuel Ashol, that which Samuel the prophet told King Saul, Lo Yakel Becha, the Fakbo, to not treat it lightly in your eyes, to question it, to hold back from fulfilling the word of God. King Saul was Distraught over the command to destroy Amalek, 
men and women, children, babies, all of the animals. To him it seemed barbaric. He saw it as a humanitarian crisis. And yet, God in his infinite wisdom sent the prophet to tell him to do just that. So, grab on to what appears to you to be righteous and what appears to you to be wicked, both rooted in the fear of God. The fear of God is recognizing his superiority that you don't have the final say of what is moral. Yitzay es kulam. Yitzay shnehem. Lekayim hatzedek v'haresha you will fulfill them all, both what appears righteous and what appears wicked, in accordance with Hilchasan, according with their halacha. Meaning, if somebody is giving out tzedakah, or if somebody is doling out punishment, is a vehicle of destructiveness. Either way, it must be done Kehel Chasan, in accordance with their laws. One needs to keep what the Torah says. Whether it's the standard of what the Torah says, or it's a haras shah, it's a unique obligation. But there are halachas. And the halachas, the, the, the specific acts that are necessary to fulfill it properly, whatever a person needs to do, whether it's tzedek or resha, that will be accessible through the foundation of irei Elohim, by the fear of God. Reish Yitzchachma, Elohim. Let's see the Ibn Ezra. Tov, kvar pirashti bepasuk, tov kaas mischok. I've already explained in the verse, better anger than levity. Pasuk Gimel, verse 3. Ma'at mechelke I gave a brief introduction to the various portions of the soul. So basically, he described three facets of the soul, the basic drives of, we call it, let's say, the, the nefesh of, of the animal soul, if you will, and the ruach he describes as the emotional component of a person. The seichel is the intellectual component. And as he described over there, each one is vying for control over the others. And the, the native inclination is for the basic instinctual drives to be dominating. And he describes how utilizing a joint venture of the Ruach 
and the seichel, of the emotions and the intellect, it can be a pushback to subjugate the drives, that aspect of the soul, the base drives. Nonetheless, there's still a risk of any one of the three dominating a person inappropriately. And the idea that he suggests is that each one should be given its its uh, arena of mastery, if you will. It's possible for somebody to become overly intellectual and snuff out other facets of their personality. He says that also is an error. Even if that's not the typical state that one would expect, it's a possibility and it's to a degree a tragic outcome. He says each one should be given its moment of dominion depending on the context. And a man of the mind if someone is using intellect to be judicious so he will not dominate through the intellect everything else to subjugate everything else but he will give each facet of his personality its portion at its time there's no need to seek out what shall be done just go after the enlightenment, the guidance of our God. And don't turn away from it, not to the right, not to the left. And guard the commands. If a person accurately and successfully guards the commands of God, he will live and thrive in two worlds, this world and the hereafter. And this message is so central to Koheles that it is how he seals his book. It's the conclusion of Koheles. He says, Sof Dovar, Hakol Nishma, the conclusion of the matter, everything has been heard, or shall be heard. Es Elohim fear God. Ve'es mitzvosav shemar, and guard his commandments. Ki for this is the totality of man. So that is the concluding message with which he seals his book. This represents Tov. Tov is completion, wholeness, a unity of, of purpose that is able to master the seemingly diametrically opposed forces to do good according to the halacha and to do bad, as it were, also, according to the halachas we saw in Rashi, 
to engage in every facet of experience with the appropriate balance. The story is told, I think it was with Reb Chaim Ozer and Reb Chaim Brisker, if I'm not mistaken, that there's a certain Apicaris who knew both of them and he asked that he didn't understand supposedly he asked Reb Chaim he didn't understand why Reb Chaim treated him harshly and Reb Chaim Ozer was nice to him he said I don't understand I'm the same Apicaris how come you're mean to me and he's nice to me I'm me what's going on you're both explain it so he said you have to understand he's really a nice guy and I'm really a rotten guy both of us consider you to be nothing you're an Apicaris so we don't work on ourselves at all and how we relate to you. So by me, I just relate to you with bad midos. And by him, he's a nice guy, so he relates to you nicely. Also, at the same sadashava, the same approach, that we're not, we're not doing anything special for you. So, okay, whether that's uh, just what he told him or not, the, the point being that a, a person should react and interact in a way that is appropriate in every situation. If somebody is being Mashiach or Metiv, so it should be Kehil Chasan in, in the appropriate way. Okay, if, if, there's, if there's no need for a person to work on their midos in a given context, in theory, so they might respond differently. Uh, of course, he was trying to impress upon him that don't think that he's treating you nice because you deserve it. That was the certainly the underlying message that he is worthy of Haresha Kehil Chasan. Let's see the Mitsudos David. Tov. Rotelomar. Lahacharid. Medovar Macharid. It's good to feel terror from something that causes terror. Gam Mizeh. Rotelomar. Laamitz. Halevov. Laval Yagish. To strengthen the heart to be insensitive harbe lahachri biyoser so tov he's saying it's good on this and on that two extremes in relation to fear it's continuing the interpretation that he said that tirsha means Harada is terror. So a person should feel the fear and not be overwhelmed by the fear. 
Somebody who fears God will fulfill both of them. A little bit to feel terror. And a little bit to feel a strengthening of the heart. If somebody is overwhelmed by fear, that is as if he has removed his trust in God. If he fully trusts in God, he wouldn't be overwhelmed by fear. And somebody who doesn't feel anything, no sense of fear whatsoever, that's as if he's not concerned with the decree of God. God sent him this terrifying experience. So if he doesn't allow it to penetrate, doesn't allow it to impact him at all, so although he has not removed himself from the trust in God, he is removing himself from the sense of hashkacha, from divine providence. That's also a problem. A person needs to have the fear of God. And with the fear of God, there will be a balance. Something that is terrifying will be felt, but will not be overwhelming. Let's see the Svarim. Amnam tov asher tachos However, it is good to grab on to this. The Sforna is also continuing in the theme the way he's describing it of utilizing those energies towards acquisitions for Chaye Shah and Chaye Olam. A person has to work hard for this world and for eternity. So here he's saying the primary engagement is for Shlemos HaNitzchi, for the perfection of the eternal. Vigam Do not stay your hand from also working for the acquisition necessary for this life. So the way he's reading it is don't stay your hand entirely. Meaning you should do so in a measured way. Don't put all of your energies into your business. In fact, most of your energies should go into the acquisition of eternal perfection. What does it mean, somebody who fears God? He guards his intention. Somebody fears God, he understands what God wants and is vigilant to pursue that goal. It's not somebody who's looking for a loophole and say, well, maybe I could get away with this, maybe I could get away with that. One who is God-fearing is trying to fulfill God's intention. And one who is God-fearing, Yetzias Kula, he will fulfill them all. He will enter in peace and leave in peace. From both forms of exertion. And he will attain and achieve God's 
plan, God's intention. Let's see the Talmud's Chachma. Tov ashetechaz, te'echoz, kilomar, al tachzik atzmacha ketzadikolim. Person should grab on to this and that. He's also following his theme, speaking of how one perceives themselves, not as wholly righteous nor as wholly wicked. Person should not view themselves as tzaddik gomer, va'af lokir ashigomer, rak kebenoni. A person should view themselves as benoni. As someone who could go either way, a person who is susceptible to either choosing what is right or choosing what is wrong. Also, similarly, don't become, do not become overly to think about something too much. In a way, don't look at what is fitting for you to achieve. Rak lachos Just grab on to both of them. To give each one its appropriate lot. But earlier when he said He's explaining that Eov is somebody that did this. Because Eov viewed himself as entirely just and righteous, so that anchor led him to impugn injustice to God. This led him down a terrible pathway of denying the resurrection of the dead, Mashgacha, divine providence, Ukiyotsi, and other such critical facets of the beliefs that we have in the Torah. So the Tishakim, Lo Tishakim, if a person thinks about what they should get, so that can also lead to error. A prime example would be Karach. Karach was a Chacham. He's a very wise man. He's from Noseha Arun. He carried the Ark, the Holy Ark. And he believed that he deserved an appointment to be the leader of the Levites. And he felt he was passed over unjustly. And that led him down a terrible course of rebellion. So a person should hold on to both aspects, grabbing on to both facets, righteousness and wickedness, that a person is susceptible to, will give a person the ability to accept whatever happens to them without losing their faith in God or other beliefs about God that are true and without being drawn down towards wickedness.
like Acher, right? Somebody who thinks that they're hopeless, hopelessly ensnared in wickedness, sees no way to pull themselves out. That perspective also is disastrous. So the appropriate perspective is a Benoni. And in fact, that perspective is encoded in Yad Chazaka. The Raman brings it as a halacha. This is in Hilchas Tshuva, Perek Shlishi, Halacha Aleph, Chapter 3, Paragraph 1. Each and every individual from the sons of man, Yeshlos Chuyos Veavonos, has merits and sins. Me, Shizchuyos of Yeseros Alavonos, Tzadik, somebody whose merits are of greater worth then his sins is considered righteous. Misha Somebody whose sins are more weighty than his merits is considered wicked. Somebody who's half-half is considered middling, in between. This applies for the country. If the merits of the country, of all the individual people living in the country, have more merits than sins, so it's considered a country of righteousness. If their sins are more weighty, this is a wicked country. And this is true for the entire world. The Ramam tells us everybody, every mortal has some schuyos and some avonos. Nobody is entirely doing one or the other. A person can do teshuva to scrub themselves from their errors. A person could be toa al rishonos, could do reverse teshuva to regret the good that they've done. But in terms of actions, human beings are imperfect. We don't always accomplish what we would like to, and what is ideal. That knowledge is what the Talmud Chachmas is telling us here. A person should view themselves as a Benini and grab on to both, recognize that whatever God does is just. And to not view themselves either as wholly righteous or wholly wicked. Let's see the next Pasuk. Yates. Hachachma ta'oz lechacham. Wisdom will give strength to the wise. Me'asara shalitim asher hayu ba'ir. More so than ten governors that were in the city. 
Let's see the Targon. Fechuchmas Yosef bar Yaakov. And the wisdom of Yosef, the son of Yaakov, Joseph, the son of Jacob. Istayo alohi lechaki muse. Strengthened him, helped him to become wise. Kol kovel arse achohi tzadikayo. To accept the, literally the cradle of his brothers who are righteous. That they were masters of the fear of God. So he was, in his wisdom, able to recognize, in spite of being victimized by them, he was able to recognize that they were righteous and they were masters of being God-fearing. And he did not allow the evil inclination to become master over them when he had the opportunity. When they were now subject to him in the city of Egypt. And they didn't kill Yosef, their brother. That, that he had caused them pain. At that time. In, in a smaller sense, they were experiencing torment at his hands. And they could have killed him. When he revealed himself to them, they could have killed him. He could have killed them, obviously. And what really was the principle that each side had to stay themselves from bloodshed was Chachma. They had the wisdom to recognize that there was God-fearing. The, the other side was God-fearing. There was a, a vulnerability on each side. And that vulnerability demanded a degree of trust to avoid lashing out and killing the other side. And each one had the opportunity to do so. But it was the Chachma that held them back. In the time when he says, Bizimnahu, it's not, it's not 100% clear what he means at that time, because certainly there were multiple opportunities for the brothers to kill Yosef. At the time that he's describing here was when Yosef sent everybody out, and they were alone with Yosef, the ten the other brothers. So at that time, or it could mean initially. Initially, when they sent him into Egypt, they could have killed him. 
was the Chachma that recognized the other party is God-fearing that held them back from an unhinged retaliation which could have resulted in blood, bloodshed. Let's see Rashi. Hachachma ta'oz l'chacham Wisdom shall give strength to the wise. L'fisha amar al Since King Solomon stated do not be overly wicked im reshato me'at if you have engaged in some wickedness, don't add to it. Examine your deeds. And be regretful of the sin. Now he's saying, Wisdom will give strength to the wise. That will give him the advice to return in tshuva. So the Chachma will strengthen the Chacham. Rashi is learning as the Chacham will be enhanced by the Chachma that gives him the advice to do teshuva. Masar Shalitim, more so than ten governors, Matsinu Yeshiyahu, we have found by Josiah, Shehed al the verse gives testimony about him. Vichamo lo of Melech, Vigomet. And like him, there was never before him a king. He was unique. Lochem Bez, Chof Gimel, Chafhe. Hare an lochachmaso. Behold, his wisdom stood for him. The Fashvesh Bemaso. To examine his deeds. And he was a, f- a force of tshuva, not just personally, but for his entire kingdom. And that wisdom was better for him than his predecessors, ten kings, that engaged in wickedness and did not return from their path of evil. That were in the city, the city of Jerusalem, Yerushalayim. Who were the ten? Rechavam, the son of King Solomon. Avio, Achazio, Yoash, Achremos Yoyada. Yoash was wholly righteous before the death of Yoyada. After the death of Yoyada, he lost his way partially. Amatsia, Achaz, Menashe, Amon, Yoyokim, and Tidkiyahu. All these ten kings. So he had all these ancestor kings to look towards. His Chachma was a greater strength for him than all his predecessors. It was able to help him overcome precedent, tradition, when that was rooted in evil. Let's see the Ibn Ezra, Hachachma, the wisdom, Avur Sha'amar, Al Teshakim Yoser. This is following on the heels of what was said in verse 16. Don't be overly wise. 
Chazar levayr she'ein ma'la gedol So, although he downplayed wisdom prior, he's now coming back to, to tell you, don't stop there. There's no greater thing than wisdom. Rak hizoyer shelo asik batamid. He's just giving a warning that it should not be a person's entire engagement. A person also has to give a portion to his body that he can live. And he's saying there's greater strength and force within wisdom than the strength of governors, many governors. Nasara, the number 10, right, the Targum learns it's referring to the ten tribes. Rashi learns it's referring to the ten kings of Judah prior to Josiah. Ibn Ezra is saying ten is a generic concept. Because it is a number that conveys a totality. It's the first description of a plurality that is united. Everything above ten is individuals. So if you move upwards from ten, it's going to be ten plus one, ten plus two. davar harosh so he's saying, in Lashon Kodesh, working with the ideas of gematria, where every letter has a corresponding numerical value. So there's the beginning of a matter, the middle, and the end of a matter. The Aleph represents the beginning, and the Yud represents the end. Vihine. The letters He and Vav, which correspond to 5 and 6, represent the middle. These four letters, These four letters represent a continuity, and there's no possible way of having a letter or a movement that is disconnected from them. And the letters Aleph and Yud they in the calculation guard themselves like a fence between the beginning and the end, they are in the middle and approximate. All four together present a great sod. In the great glorious name, that does not incorporate a measure, 
v'hu mina osios niskarin. The shem havaya can be composed from these four letters. Hey vav yud aleph. And he's saying that that divine name incorporates this idea that a totality from beginning, middle, and end, that there's nothing outside or independent of God. The Inyan, Asher Hayu Ba'ir. So just to, to put that back to the Pasuk, the Ibn Ezra is saying, the Chachma gives strength to the wise, wisdom gives strength to the wise, more so than ten governors that were in the city. So Asara, he's saying, is descriptive of a totality, a totality of Shalitim. This is a show of the strength and a concerted effort of all ten with one place and one purpose. Some say that this refers to the various Galgalim spheres that represent the astronomical divisions of the universe. If that would be the case, then they've added one, and it's a mistake. Let's take a look at the Mitzudas David. Ta'oz lechacham. Wisdom is a source of strength for the wise. Titen chozek el It will give strength to the wise. Me'asara. More than the strength a person will receive from the strengthening support of ten governors, they came to the city to exert power over it. And then he says in parentheses, like the Ben Ezra, the number 10 is symbolic of all-inclusive, united in purpose. Let's see. Asfarno. Hachachma ta'oz lechachma lahagbir haseichal ala taiva. Wisdom gives strength to the wise to dominate over desire. To have the intellect be master over desire. More so than the force of ten governors empowered over the city. More than all senses, internal and external. That all the senses include ten different senses. Let's see the Talumas Chachma. Chachma Ta'oz Lechacham. This is opposed to what he said before. Don't be overly wicked. For wisdom gives strength to the wise. More than ten governors that are in the city. The city 
is a symbolic way of representing the body. As it says later on, chapter 9, verse 14, a small city, referring to the body. And it is known that there are ten forces of impurity corresponding to ten forces of purity, of sanctity. And this is a reference to the ten spheros, various attributes. Also in man there are ten forces. If he purifies them, they are in sanctity. And if, God forbid, he sullies them, they will be in impurity. And damaged through the forces of impurity. And King Solomon is describing says the Talumas Chachma, that even if all of these ten forces within man have been harmed by utilization for evil, O Yomar Asar Shalitin al Hachushim or it could be describing the ten governors over the five senses internally and five externally, that the Mechabrim, those who have compiled books, have stated, that these ten senses are ruling over the, the man. Among them all, there are ten. And even if all of them are dominating the person towards evil, God forbid, nonetheless, wisdom will give strength to the wise to negate all these ten. So has established as the, the nature of things, the, the former, the one who has created within the force of the soul. That a person has the capacity to return. Even if he is already engaged in much, much wickedness. Even to the extent that he has been subjugated by all ten forces of impurity, the force of Chachma, of wisdom will strengthen the wise to overcome from such a, a dire situation that he's subjected by all of his forces of, of the his senses towards pursuing evil. The habits of good versus the habits of evil are not fixed. Meaning in spite of a person having that choice and being able to generate habits, chachma, wisdom, will give strength to the wise to overcome those habits, even if they are so entrenched, and all of his personal traits have been ensnared and 
brought to the service of wickedness, so he's coming from a deeply flawed place, and is, based on his previous choices, drawn towards wickedness. Nonetheless, the Chachma will give strength, wisdom will give strength to the wise to overcome all of those evil and negative habits. It has the, the power to overcome the habituation of sin. Let's take a look at the Medrash. Just going back a bit. Pasuk Tazayin, Al Tehit Sadik Harbe, don't be overly righteous. Baal Tishakim Yoser, don't overthink something. Al Tehit Sadik Harbe Yosemi Baracha, don't be righteous more so than your Creator. I Meaning, what does it mean, Tzadik Harbe? Overly righteous. More righteous than your Creator. Medaber <clears> Bishol. <throat> this is referring to King Saul. Tersiv, as it's written, Mayavo Shaul Ad Ir Amalek. Shaul came until the city of Amalek. Rabbi Huna, Rabbi Benaya, Omer Hishil, Medayin Hu Kenegibaro. He started entering into judgment, as it were, with his Creator. Ve'omar, and he said, Kach Omar Baruch This is what God said, Lech, go, v'hikisa es Amalek, and you shall strike Amalek. Im anoshim if the men sinned, hanoshim mechatu, where the women sin? Ve'hataf mechatu, and the babies, what was their sin? Ve'habakar v'shor v'chamar mechatu, the cattle, the ox, the donkey. What was their sin? Yotsos baskel v'amra. A heavenly voice came out and declared, Al tehit sadik harve. Do not be overly righteous. Yosei mubaracha. More so than your creator. V'rabonon amne hischil medayin keneged eglarufa. Rabbanon said that he started working from within the principles of the Torah, the halacha of Egla Rufa, Ve'omer, and he said, Omer HaKasuf, the verse says, Devarim Chafal Aftalat, Ve'arufu Sham Esa Egla Banocha, and he shall, and they shall break the, the back of the neck of this calf by the river, or by the brook, Hu Harig Vehinerefes, he killed, and she, this calf, have it, has its neck broken. Im Adam Chata Behema Mechata. If man sinned, how did the animal sin? Yotz Abaskov Amra. A heavenly voice came out and said, Al Tehi Tzadikarbe. Don't be overly righteous. Rabbi Shimon ben Lokish Omer. Call me Shanase Rachmon. Anybody who becomes merciful. Bemkom Achzari. In a place of cruelty. So In the end, he will be cruel in a place where mercy would be appropriate. So we already described where King Saul was displaying the trait of mercy when cruelty was appropriate. Where do we find the converse? 
Shenamar, as it says in Shmuel Aleph, Chavbez Yutes, Ve'es Nov Irakohanim, Hikolafi Cheref. And the city of Nov, of Kohanim, he struck by the sword. And should not Nov be like the descendants of Amalek? He killed out the city of Nov. The sages taught further that anybody who becomes merciful at a place of cruelty, in the end, the measure of divine judgment will confront him. As is stated, Vayomas Shaul Ushloshes Bonov. Shaul died on the battlefield with his three sons. So, Lachera, we, we see a Mido Kenegan Mido over here, measure for measure, that when he chose to be Tzadik Harbe, exhibit mercy, when what was called for was cruelty. So, that error leads to the opposite error. The opposite error that he himself engaged in cruelty where mercy was appropriate. It's an imbalance. A person is entering into judgment with God over what is appropriate manifestation of mercy versus cruelty. So he will be shown by his own actions that he has an inconsistency, that he is not a valid, objective barometer of mercy versus cruelty. He himself will exemplify cruelty when mercy would have been appropriate. He'll be shown that he was fundamentally wrong for treating God as his equal, as it were, in determining the appropriateness of mercy versus cruelty. God is unchanging. God is just in the ultimate sense. If he has an imbalance on one side, he will exhibit an imbalance on the other side. He will be shown that he is not God. Al. Uh, let's see the next matrish. Pasukid ches. Tova she'techuz bazeh. Good to hold on to this. Zeh mikra. This is referring to the verses of the Torah. Gamazeh al tanach es yadecha. And also this, do not stay your hand. Do not forsake. Zeh mishnah. This is referring to mishnah. Ki yirei Elohim yitzes kula. One who fears God will fulfill them all. Kikon Rebbe Avo de Kesarin. Like Rebbe Avo from Kesarin. Chachma ta'oz lechachm. Wisdom will strengthen the wise. Zeh Baruch This refers to God. Shneemar, as it's stated in Eov, Job 9.4. Chacham levov ve'amitz koach. The wise-hearted and 
is strong of strength. More so than ten governors that are in the city. More so than the ten utterances from which were created the universe. And the ten utterances, divine utterances, they created the universe are awesome. They reflect everything that we can perceive. So God himself is greater than ten utterances, divine utterances, which created the universe. This is God. The wisdom will give strength to the wise. More than ten governors, that is the ten utterances of creation that were used for the construct of creation, which we understand as the laws of nature, if you will. Everything that we can perceive as exemplifying the divine will of the universe. But we have things that are miraculous. We have things that are outside of the laws of nature. Can God himself, the Holy One, blessed be he, can override if his will be, the ten utterances of creation. Another interpretation, Wisdom strengthens the wise. This refers to Adam. It says in Yechezkel, 28, 12, these are the ten matters that serve the soul. These are them. Aveshet, the Muslim. Esophagus, for food. Kone, the windpipe, for voice. Kaved, the liver. Lachemo, for anger. Mara, the bile. Lekena, for jealousy. Harea, Mishashtin, the lungs, for drawing forth liquid or rejoicing. Hameses, Litchon, the stomach, for grinding. Tachol, Lishok, the spleen for rejoicing. Kaloyos yotsos, the kidneys give advice. Leave maven, the heart understands. Loshon gome, the tongue completes the ten different facets of, of how various body parts contribute to a person's capacities. What, is, what this has to do with Adam Rishon is a little bit hard to understand. Hachacham ta'oz lechacham. Lechera, the idea here, can be understood with the story of the Kedusha Slevi. 
one time he went to another Rebbe, and the Rebbe had his shamish, his attendant, and it was before davening, and he said, here's a, a block of sugar, you should have this before davening, and it will help you have kavana for your tefillah. Okay? So Rabbi Levi Yitzchak took this block of sugar and he davened. After davening, he went back to the Rebbe and he said, thank you so much. It was wonderful. The block of sugar did help me daven. Most appreciative. And he went on his way. Now the Shamish was livid. He told the Rebbe, he said, you know, this Levi Yitzchak character is making fun of you. He says, what do you mean? He says, he didn't eat the sugar. He says, look, it's right here. He left it. He didn't even eat it. When he said that it helped him, so he was just making fun of you. So the Rebbe said, no, you don't understand. He definitely took all of the energy that was in that sugar. He said, I'll prove it to you. Taste it. So the shamish tasted the sugar. It tasted like dust. So he said, what's going on? He said, a tzaddik, like a Yitzchak, has the maila, has the qualities like Adam Arishan before the chait, before the sin. The first man had a capacity to utilize all of his limbs in an interchangeable fashion. So he did not need to take food through his mouth. He could take it through his hand. So the Rebbe Yitzchak did the same thing. He took the energy through his hand. He held it in his hand. And he didn't need to put it in his mouth. So that's what's going on over here. More than the ten individualized, you know, compartmentalized functions within the body, on this higher level of tzaddik, of Adam Rishon, first man before sin, so he was able to utilize his entire body for all of these facets. He was not compartmentalized. Another interpretation. Wisdom will bring strength to the wise. This refers to Noach. From the ten, more so than the ten governors that were in the city. From the ten generations between Adam and Noah. Shemikulon lo nidbar Eloimo. For from all of them, the only one who was spoken to by God was, was him. Which Lachara is a plea, because obviously we know God spoke to Adam as well as to Cain and Havel, Lachara. But we don't find that there's this speech, a discussion between God and Shase who is considered 
the hemshech of Adam, the continuity of the first man. But what about Adam himself? What about Adam? So we don't find that God spoke with Adam after the expulsion from the garden. The speech that we have, the uh, divine communication, a prophecy, to Noah was unique. It's after the expulsion. So that's the Chachma Ta'oz Lechacham, more so than the ten generations that preceded him. He was the tenth. Dover Acher, alternatively, Chachma Ta'oz Lechacham, Zavram. Wisdom gives strength to the wise. This is referring to Avram, Abraham. Me'asar Shalitim, more so than the ten governors. Me'asar Deris, Sheminoach Bar Avram. From the ten generations, between Noach to Avram. Lo vachar kadosh baruch mikula. God did not choose from any of them. Velo bris, and he did not enter into covenant. Ela imo, only with Avram. Shenemar, bayomahu karas adonai es Avram bris. On that day, God entered into covenant with Avram. Dover acher, alternatively. Hachachma toos lechacham. Wisdom will strengthen the wise. Ze Yaakov, this refers to Jacob. Measara shalitim, more than the ten governors. Measara sashvatim, from the ten tribes. Shiyardu Mitzrayim ve'alu, that went down into Egypt and ascended. Velo yadu she'yosef kaim, they did not know that Joseph was still alive. Ve'yakob hayoidea, but Jacob knew. Shenemar, as it says, v'yayakob ki yeshev Mitzrayim. Yaakov saw before they even left that there is sustenance in Egypt. He knew that there was sustenance in Egypt. He knew that Joseph was alive even though he had not gone down into Egypt through divine inspiration which flickered within him. He had this knowledge. And even though they went down to Egypt and came back to Israel from Egypt, they still did not know. Alternatively, wisdom gives strength to the wise. Moshe. This is referring to Moshe, more so than the ten governors. From the ten things that serve the body, that Moshe conquered. Elohim, from the mouth to the esophagus. From the esophagus to the intestines. From the intestines uh, to the uh, large intestines. The stomach is some facet of digestion of the stomach. The stomach Lechrusa ketina, mechrusa ketina, lebeis kasa, beis kasa, livnas meayo, livnas meaya, lechrucha avio, mechrucha avio, lesane divo, mesane divo, lefatrocha, mefatrocha leiskesa, meiskesa levara. A whole slew of process of digestion. Mikulam lo nitzrach Moshe. Lo lehachnis, lo lehotzi. From all of them, 
Moshe had no need to bring in, nor to take out. Shenema, as it stated, Moshe did not need to eat bread or drink water for 40 days and 40 nights. So he was empowered over the standard governors that govern a person, require him to engage in order to, I mean, to, to have energy, normally have all these facets of digestion, he didn't need it. Alternatively, Wisdom gives strength to the wise. Elu Yisrael, this first the Jewish people, we have the Jewish people described as a nation of the wise and understanding. More so than the Tad governors that serve the soul. As we saw before, ten facets that are compartmentalized, typically the esophagus for food, the windpipe for voice, the liver for anger, the bile or gallbladder for jealousy, the the lungs for liquid or rejoicing, the stomach for grinding or ruminating, uh, the 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 spleen for rejoicing, and the kidneys for advice, the heart for understanding, and the tongue to complete and finish a matter, to articulate. Alternatively, Wisdom strengthens the wise. Zedavid, this is referring to King David. Mesar Shalitim, over ten governors. Mesar Zakanim, from the ten elders, Shomer B'Sefer Tehillim, that were part of the composition of the book of Tehillim. These are the ten. Aldo Marishan, Avram, Moshe, David, Shlomo, they all contributed to Sefer Tehillim. Al Elaine, Chamisha Lo Ispalgin, Elaine Chamisha, Achranaisa, Man Inu, who are the other ones? Rav, Rabbi Yochanan, Rav Amar, there's a debate between them, between Rav and Rabbi Yochanan. Rav says, Asaf, Hamon, Vidusun, Ushlosh Ibn Karach, Echod, Ezra. Rabbi Yochanan Omar, Rabbi Yochanan says the different authorship, in part. Asaf dehacha hu asaf detamon. Ella al yidei shahaya ben tera zacha lomar shira im echov, v'zacha lomar shira b'tneatzmo. He merited not only to say with his brothers but to say by himself, this asaf. Al das rav, asaf acherhu. According to the rav, it's a different asaf. Shneimar. In Divrei Yomim, Aide Asaf, Hanibo Aide Melech, Rav Rabbi Yochanan Rav Amar, Lidusun Mamush, Rabbi Yochanan Amar, Lidusun Hanibo Al 
Hadisin, Hadosin, the Al Hadinin, Shavralov Al Yisrael. What makes this Medrash all the more remarkable is that we find our sages extol even greater than King David in terms of his ability to praise God was Nebuchadnezzar. So King David is considered greater than his other co-writers in Sefer Tehillim. And he is considered not endowed with the same potential as Nebuchadnezzar for expressing God's greatness. Quite remarkable. Even though there were ten people that stated, spoke out the book of Tehillim, from all of them, it's that the book is called after King David. There's a parable to describe this idea. A group of men that are seeking to appoint a king. Why should so-and-so, this particular person, be elevated to represent the group? All of the men of the group are, uh, have sweetness and piety and are praiseworthy. But this one has a beautiful voice. So too, when the ten righteous sought to say over the book of Tehillim, the Holy One, blessed be He, stated, You are all pleasant and pious and praiseworthy to say hymns before me. But David should say them through uh, through the hand of all of you, Lama, why? Shekola Arif, because his voice is beautiful, it's sweet. And that is in, in accordance with what is written, and the sweetness of of the music of Israel. So David has this Milo, right? Like the Rav Chaim said, the question was posed to him: Who should be a chazan? If one guy is a big tzaddik and is a big chassid, he just can't hold a tune. Should he lead the services? You have another guy, gorgeous voice. He knows how to sing beautifully. You know, he's not necessarily known for being pious. Who should be the chazan? Who should be the one appointed as the shliach tzibur? So he said, in this case, you only have one chazan. You only have one chazan. It's not choosing between this chazan or that chazan. You don't have two options. That which it says in Shulchan Aruch, there are various qualities and traits that you should seek out in appointing a chazan, somebody to lead the service. That's only once you have that he is a chazan, that he has these qualities that he can sing the tunes, he, can, he knows how to do the job, to be the shaliach tzibur. The other guy 
has, in addition to being a, having the qualities to be able to sing, he also has the added benefits, right? He's got a nice beard, and he's you know, old enough, and he has family, and all these things. Those are all icing on the cake. But first, you need to have a chazan. So in this case, taka, it really was that all of these ten were fit to compose the entire Sefer Tehillim, but it was prim- primarily composed by David Amalek, and all coming through his hand, as it were, because he had a beautiful voice. So that was a, an advantage that King David had to, to merit being the primary conduit of Sefer Tehillim, the Book of Praises.